and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, the mock trial season is definitely underway. There's been a lot of things going on lately, and and I'm really looking forward to just having a wide-ranging conversation today. Uh, Just the two of us, no guests. We don't have anyone else on the show. Uh, That noise you heard is the sound of uh, people pausing their podcast and (laughs) finding something else to listen to. Um, But hopefully for those of you who stay with us, uh, we've got, I think, a pretty interesting conversation today about a lot of things that are going on in the mock trial community. Uh, But I'll kick it to you first, Drew. What's been going on? How's the the 2L year uh, of law school treating you? Well, honestly, I am really enjoying my 2L year. Uh, I've just joined the the Tulane mock trial team at the end of my 1L year. Um, You're basically not allowed to join until then. And so we've been doing a lot of prep. Um, We've got a final trial in the books for this winter. Um, I also have a trial ad trial, um, which that's a lot of the word trial but um uh, <laughs> that's that. a, a class that i'm getting graded in for mock trial which is amazing it feels super fun um so definitely doing good really enjoying life and uh i'm helping out a, a couple different teams um both at tulane and helping out with haverford a little bit so i'm keeping involved with the uh, undergraduate community as well so definitely trying to keep involved but i know that ben you just did something pretty exciting um which is that you hosted Empire. So do you want to tell people a little bit about what that was like? Yeah, I definitely do. So I'm going to cover one quick admin thing related to the podcast, and I'm going to jump right into that. So uh, first of all, just to let everyone know, obviously this episode's being released in our regular Friday schedule, but we have a fun bonus surprise for you, which is we'll be back in your feeds next Friday, a week from when this episode is released, because the day that you're hearing this episode is actually the day that we are finally recording with Sam and Elise, the co-chairs of the Civil Case Committee, uh, the committee who wrote this year's case. Uh, we are so excited to talk to them. By the time you're hearing this episode, uh, that interview will probably have been recorded, and we're going to turn right around, since we know that's an episode that a lot of people really like, uh, we're going to turn around and release it the following Friday, and then we'll jump right back onto our every other Friday schedule. But we're going to talk more about getting ready for that interview later in this episode. We're super stoked for it. But just wanted to let everyone know about that release schedule. Uh, In terms of Empire, so Drew is correct. uh, This past weekend, we're recording this uh, earlier in the week that you're hearing it. And this past weekend, uh, Empire came to Baltimore for the inaugural Camden Yards Classic. uh, And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I have actually never done anything related to Empire before. I've never been to one of their competitions, never judged one, never coached one, anything like that. So this was really my first Empire experience. Obviously, you know, we had Justin and Veron on the show uh, last year and and they're friends of the show. And it it was a blast. It was really cool to have Empire here in Baltimore. There are 27 teams, 14 different states. We had a great turnout for judges. Um, and, And I guess one thing that I'll mention just to kind of, um, I'll call it humble brag, but really it's just getting to brag. Um, Justin was gracious enough. So so what Empire did was they bought tickets for the Sunday Orioles game, the Sunday one o'clock Orioles game for the entire tournament. So like all 200 and however many kids, judges who wanted to go, coaches who wanted to go, they literally bought like 300 and some tickets to the Orioles game. That allowed Empire to have someone actually go on the field before the game to get recognized uh, for them selling a lot of tickets. And Justin graciously allowed that person to be me. 
Uh, so Sunday around like 1230, I actually got to go on the field at Camden Yards uh, right down the street from where I live here in Baltimore and and get to just have the experience of being on the field before a baseball game. So all in all, the Empire experience was a blast. Uh, I have some other thoughts on it, but Drew, I know you've been through Empire competitions. You know the drill with that. Um, so yeah, I don't really have a question for you, but I had a really, <laughs> really great time uh, being involved with Empire here in Baltimore. Yeah, I will say um, I remember actually when I was in high school and even when I first started out college and Empire was this like thing I, I had heard about. I'd never competed in it, but it was I thought it was this very like elitist group of, you know, oh, they're just really exclusive and the Empire kids, whatever. Um, but I remember when um, it was my my home school, uh, Galloway, that I, I coached for a few years, um, when one of the students approached me about wanting to do mock trial over the summer, and I was like, well, you know, there's this thing called Empire, and that's the best thing to do for it. And um, and getting to kind of help that team learn about Empire, compete at Empire, and just now they've been doing it every year since. I, I loved it. I think it's it's really a a very very cool experience. A really unique competition. I think um, it it brings a lot of things that are almost combinations of AMTA and the law school world and a little bit of high school world. It's a uh, just a very very fun and, and different way of doing mock trial, but it it's really very high level and and so much fun. To, again, I I think that it's always hosted at amazing sites and i'm sure that what you guys did was a fantastic one um, i wish i could have been there honestly but it is just always run very smoothly and, and really in my opinion um probably the gold standard when it comes to you know a high quality mock trial tournament i think that once you've been to empire and then you go to random invites and it's all run by college students the the quality can sometimes take a dip but um it's definitely a lot of fun, and it's it's very cool that you got a chance to to run it um, with Justin. And I did not know that you got to be out on the field uh, at an <laughs> Orioles game. That's very cool. Um, definitely a nice perk to uh, selling two hundred some on tickets. But no, I I actually was going to mention um, when we were talking about Empire. I love that Empire really emphasizes the kind of community aspects of mock trial. I think that in many ways. People talk about how fun nationals is in the college world because there is such a large social component to it. And there are so many things worked into that weekend that are designed as ways to get to know other people, meet other teams, um, and socialize outside of just competing. And I think that Empire really understands that and does a good job of, of giving that experience to high school students. Uh, and I'm, I'm very grateful to that. I think that people... It's, it's a great opportunity for people to meet other programs and other students. And I, I would love it if, if that idea happened a lot more in, in the college world. I think it would make people's experience a lot better. But um, no, I, I couldn't say enough good things about Empire. It really is a fantastic organization, and I love what they do. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been doing it for like three years now, so <laughs> I feel like... It's weird that I even I I know I'm rambling a little bit right now, but it's it's so odd. Even as I'm reflecting on this, I never really thought of myself as someone that was into Empire, but kind of am now. So, Justin, you won. <laughs> it, it was such an interesting experience. I'd never I'd never been to 
a live empire competition and they really do make an effort to make like kind of a party atmosphere you know like there's lots of music and they had um the mc her name was taylor she's i believe a competitor at howard now and a former mta competitor uh she sang good morning baltimore uh to start out and like i i think they do a really great job with that um two other quick observations and then we can we can move on talk about something else so obviously you know like i mentioned i was sort of getting my first real experience with Empire, this year's case for, for this competition involved an audio exhibit. Uh, and I actually did the the audio. It was an IT engineer named Barry Garmo. Um, so, you know, very carefully disguised name. Uh, and so I had a lot of students who would come up to me and they would be like, oh, like, you know, you, you're Barry Garmo, whatever. And I would start talking back to them and they would be like, oh, wait a second. Like, that's your voice. Like, you actually recorded the actual audio and I was like yeah like they they had me had me do it so it was it was cool to be a part of it um with that the only other thing I'll mention and and Justin and I have chatted about this a little bit so empire is really cool i think they the, this tournament there may have been one or two instances where they bit off just a tiny bit more i won't even say than they can chew but like they were really ambitious this tournament they did like the entire tournament was enabled for virtual exhibits at an in-person tournament so every single judge had a laptop in front of them to do the electronic ballot on process which empire uses but also teams had a zoom connection and they could share uh like virtual exhibits on zoom if they wanted to and it was really really cool uh i think that it was you know i mean it was the first time that they did it and so there were some bumps along the way and some teams didn't really use it um, and, and it presented some logistical challenges that, that the team had to work through. Um, but I, I guess that's kind of inevitable when you do it for the first time. That's, that's why you do it. You, you try it out. You see how it goes. Uh, but I thought that was like a neat thing that they did. Um, I don't know how sustainable that is at a larger level. I know it took a lot of effort to get together all those devices and to manage everything. But it was cool to see it in action. And I think that um, while Empire, you know, there, there are some areas where maybe it's not everyone's cup of tea. They're certainly at the cutting edge of what mock trial is is doing. And I think that competitions like that are really important for us to look and say, oh, maybe this thing is possible. You know, you think pre-pandemic, did, did any of us ever think that a widespread online mock trial system would be viable? Not, I'm sure plenty of people thought that it wasn't. And we were forced into figuring out that it was. So always thinking about what the next thing is going to be, I think, is a good thing for our community. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that Empire is definitely kind of on that cutting edge, always trying to test out new things and, and and kind of innovate for something that you wouldn't think is always innovating. But yeah, um, I think I totally agree with you, and I, I do hope that we can start to see some of those trends um, in in all of our competitions. I think it'd be very very cool to try that. But I agree that it's it's one of those things where it's just a feasibility issue. But um, yeah, I I think that. For those that have never thought about trying Empire, I would definitely recommend looking into it. So, Justin, here's your your brief plug. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to kind of talk a little bit about the the Patreon and the Discord for a second, Ben. And I I, I hope people aren't getting too sick of this, but I really do want to emphasize to people, um, first of all, to those that have already subscribed, how much we appreciate it. But to everyone else, we really hope to have more people join. As a reminder, there is a free option. You can come and just join the Discord. You don't have to pay anything. We would love to see that community grow. And we're really hoping that as competition starts to pick up and we get more invites, 
then it's really going to be a lively kind of marketplace of ideas where people can be talking about what's going on, what they're seeing, probably not sharing, you know, case theories, but um, there's a lot that can be discussed that I'm, I'm hoping it can be that venue for. And, and I'll also add that we just had our first uh, monthly Zoom call for some of our paid subscribers, mm-hmm. and I had a really great time with it. Um, ben and I were both there, and we really got a great conversation, had a really awesome turnout. Um, to those of you that were there, thank you so much for coming. Um, and, and I hope that we can see that continue to grow. I really I think it's a great opportunity both for us to get to engage with, with you, our listeners, but also just a chance for you to meet other people in the community and get to see them face to face or computer screen to computer screen. But um, I really enjoyed it. Ben, you know, what do you think of it? I had a great time. Uh, it was it was really cool. We had a wide variety of different perspectives, different backgrounds. We had coaches, uh, a coach or two that that I haven't had the opportunity to meet in person and enjoyed chatting with. Uh, we had a judge, you know, someone who judges at tournaments. We had several current competitors. I think it was a really good wide wide ranging conversation. Uh, Drew and I got some ideas from that conversation for the interview that we're going to record with Sam and Elise. So that was super helpful. Um, I'm also, and I want to respond to one or two other things you said there, Drew, but I do want to take this opportunity. Like Drew said, we're, we're so grateful to everyone who's joined our community, and we really, truly appreciate uh, our gold patrons who have you know, taken the opportunity and chosen to support us in that way. And so I do just want to shout out uh, some of our gold patrons, including Mike Romano, the family of Daniel Sosa and Darius Baruch, Ian Lampert, Andrew Hinckley, Kate Hainer-Slattery, Henry Lehman, Felix Bhattacharya. Ben Rathsom, and Don Martin. Uh, that's just a partial list. We have several others uh, who support us uh, through the through the uh, Patreon as well. And, and we're just super grateful to everyone who chooses to do that and everyone who just chooses to be a part of the community. Uh, I imagine for some of you, you know, you might be sick about hearing about the Patreon or the Discord, so we're not going to dwell on it. But what I'm so excited about, you know, the, the Discord, you know, I'll be honest right now, it, it's been a little slow over the last week or two. There's not a lot going on. Everybody's just like, writing materials and getting ready for invitationals and all of that stuff. But I really think, and, and Drew, we were talking about this before we, we got started, that once things get going, right, once the season starts and you've got those invitational results coming in and you're starting to see like what teams are, are showing off and what teams are really doing great stuff, that the Discord's going to be alive, that people are going to be talking about, oh, we're at this competition, we played this team, you know, not not divulging everybody's theories, but just talking about how exciting it is to be back on the road and, and back uh, competing in mock trial. So I love the community that we're building. I think it's really great. I hope that it can, continues growing. And if you're out there listening to this podcast and you've thought about it, you've thought about, hey, maybe I'm going to join the Discord or maybe I'll chip in the two bucks or the five bucks. We hope that you do it uh, because we would love to have the opportunity to talk to you. Uh, I actually at Empire met someone for the first time who's in our discord and it was super cool and i got to talk to them face to face and just talk about all the things that they like about the show and that they like about uh mock trial generally so uh that's sort of my pitch on the whole thing i think it's been going great and and the last thing that i'll mention is on our end right having an editor we hired a, a wonderful editor who's doing a great job the reason that we're able to turn around the sam and elise episode and have it out for you next week is because we have an editor there's no way not a chance that we would be able to do that without having an editor on our team now. So we're super grateful to everyone uh, who's made that possible. And yeah, Drew, I'm just excited to see where it goes from here. 
Yeah, Ben, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm just really excited to see this community continue to grow. And it's something I'm really proud of. And I'm really glad that so many people have already participated in. And I can't wait to see more people join. Um, but I, I want to take us back for a second. Um, I think that in our last episode, we got a chance to talk to AMTA president, um, Jonathan Woodward, and we had a really good chat with him. But I think that um, both of us um, kind of Ben, we've talked a lot off the mic about kind of some of our thoughts about um, just the AMTA board, the way certain things are communicated, and also just some of the difficulties we've had with with reaching AMTA. And I kind of wanted to just like take a second to talk about some of that. And, you know, we're not trying to really aggressively call anyone out, but I think that, I don't know, from my end, something that I will, I'll just say like, we talk a lot about transparency and how important that should be. I am always very confused and, and frankly frustrated by the idea that there is hesitancy to talk in public about anything having to do with, with AMTA or the AMTA board. That the idea that, oh, because we're on the board, there is this, this hesitancy. And I, I get the whole, like, okay, we speak as, as one board um, and all of that, like I understand, I, I get not not speaking on behalf of the whole board and speaking in your individual capacity. But if you're giving that disclaimer, like it just is really, really odd to me why there is such a fear around talking publicly about about anything. And and I I remember a few years ago when you know Jonathan Wilbert himself did an ask me anything. On, I think it was on perjuries. Maybe it was mock trial confessions. Either way, he definitely did a whole like, you know, ask me questions you have about to have. Happy to answer them. Got tons of questions, did tons of answers. Justin usually does something similar for trial by combat. I feel like things like that are great. We should encourage questions. We should encourage, you know, free flow of discussion. And it just, I think it sometimes frustrates me when I see, you know, kind of this like shadowy, like, oh, we don't want to come into the light type of attitude um, from from the board, frankly. Um, and Ben, you know, I'm kind of wondering what you think about a lot of this. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic. It's it's a little bit of like taking some of the behind the scenes podcast stuff and and talking about it in the open, which I, I think is totally fine. Um, I'll first say for, you know, like honestly, that, that I'm super grateful to Jonathan for coming on the show. Um, yeah, agree. You know, it, it, we we asked Brandon if he'd be interested in coming on the show and, and ultimately weren't able to work something out for him to come on. Obviously, we had Will on before him. Uh, we think that, you know, that we provide a a fair uh, venue for for people from AMTA to come on. We'll, we'll ask questions we think are important to ask, but we're not here to to rip anyone apart or, or to cause any problems necessarily. I think that with some exceptions, uh, and I think this is getting better. But I think with some exceptions, AMTA is not very good at communicating. Uh, I think that as because of the way the organization works, because it's a board of directors that's not representative, right? So the community doesn't have any oversight capability for the board, right? If, if, if and Drew, you were saying this when we were talking earlier, if a board member does something that the community doesn't like, you know, we can't impeach them. You know, like there, it's just the board is what the board is, and they're very self-governing. Um, that doesn't. I, I'm not trying to say that to suggest that they're like doing like backroom deals or something, but I think 
to what you were saying, the default position is like we don't want to talk very much about what we're doing until you know we have like this really full picture and we've got this final product and final results or or x y and z and to me that's not the interesting part the interesting part isn't where we ended up the interesting part is how we got there um i often joke uh with with people and it's not really a joke that the podcast i wish we could host is the conversations that we have with people who come on before we start recording or after we start recording because and and this is not i don't mean this to say it's a bad thing but Understandably, when you're sort of talking with just a couple of people in private, people speak very openly. I've had many very frank conversations individually with members of the board. And I understand why many of those conversations are private conversations. That's fine. But to me, an organization that practices the type of transparency that I think AMTA should, should really make an effort to say, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. And we will make ourselves available for people who have questions. Uh, as much as possible. And I think they're doing better. I think Jonathan is really focusing on that. I think that's a good thing. Rhea's committee, I think, you know, will, will help with that. But I think they could do better and, and I'll be interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I think that something that, that you were saying that I, I really, it stuck out to me and it's something that we've definitely spoken about off the mics before, Ben. But this is not something where they are held accountable by, by, the students listening to this podcast by other coaches by by anyone but themselves and so to me it's like what do you have to lose i mean sure i i i agree there are certain things and conversations that, that don't need to be public but when we're talking about like the the, the planning process right as you were just saying man, it's it's a lot about like they don't want to discuss it until it's been officially decided I, I can understand not wanting to cause confusion, but it's important to tell people, hey, this is what we're working on. This is what we're talking about. These are the types of decisions that are in the hopper that we're thinking about making soon, because then you can get some, some insights from people. You can get opinions from students and, and get advice from them instead of it all being retroactive or coming out in a board meeting agenda and people being like, holy cow, my whole activity is changing. I just, I, I think that to me, I won't ever understand what the fear is around having those conversations because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not asking them to do this, but at the end of the day, a board member came on to the podcast and said, I'm going to be changing this, this, and this, and this is all going to change. And we're going to basically not allow you to compete without a coach. You have to have a coach on record, something crazy like that. And people were up in arms. Oh my God, horrible, blah, blah, blah. What you gonna do about it? Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they should, but like, the honest to God truth is that nothing would happen. There's nothing that students could really do about that. Sure, they can, they could argue to the board that they shouldn't do that. They should ask for a, a motion to be provided at the next board meeting, whatever. But isn't that the way it should work? Like, shouldn't it be a mechanism where you then are giving students and and people that are not able to make their voice heard any other way because they don't have a vote, at least let them know what the decisions are so they can then at least share their opinions on it. Like it just, it's odd. It doesn't make sense to me. And it's just, it's really honestly tiring to me that we fight this battle whenever we're, we're trying to, to have a conversation with someone or, or engage with them. It just, it's, 
it always to me there's always this pushback of oh well you know can't can't I, I gotta wait and check these few boxes I gotta make sure that everything is done and it's just to me it feels so unnecessary and I guess that like what you said about the one-on-one -on -one conversations like I've had them too and I appreciate all of the, the wonderful people on the board that I'm good friends with that I speak with on regular basis uh, you know to me I think that I understand why there are some things that should be kept private, but the frankness with which people are willing to talk one-on-one -on -one is very telling that there is a lot going on. There are a lot of things being discussed, but when they aren't willing to talk about it in public, no one else can know about it. And I just, it, it frustrates me because it, it comes back to this idea. Um, this is like a very old adage, but the idea that you should never post something on the internet that you don't want your grandma to see. I know that everyone always told me that when we first got a Facebook. Don't don't post anything with that. You wouldn't want your grandma to see. Um, and I feel like that's the way that AMTA treats this as though like they're being really closely scrutinized. Everything that they say in public is is going to be like, you know, whatever. And and to me, it's just it, there shouldn't be anything that they're saying that is something so problematic and bad that, that it's a problem. Like we're, we're, we're not asking those questions. Like we're not going to come in and ask like, Hey, who do you hate on the board? Like what, what, what programs do you really dislike? Like, we're not going to ask those questions. Like we just want to know what you're doing. What's, what's going on. What, what are the conversations about? Like whether it's the new inference rules or whatever there might be going on. Like it's just, I know we're rambling, but goodness me, it's just, it's something that I've just been having to deal with too much and I don't understand why. Honestly, I, I just don't. Yeah. So I sort of have two thoughts on this. The, the first one to what you were you know, just saying over the last little bit, I think to me, it's, it's more of something where this is the way it's always been. Yeah, um, I don't true. think anyone ever sat down and said, we're going to have most of our conversations in private. I think just as the, the organization grew and as the organizational structure developed, it developed into an organizational structure where public conversation about what is happening in the organization is extremely rare um, because it just is, right? That the, the mid-year meeting is closed to the public and we get sort of like bare bones minutes at some point in the future. And the committee conversations and committee meetings, not the ones at the board itself, but like committee meetings that happen separately. Uh, I, I don't know what would happen if, if I asked to be added to the, you know, the Zoom list or whatever for those committees. But, but there isn't you know, an effort made to say, OK, we're going to give you an update on what this committee or that committee is working on. And I'll give a quick example of, of what I mean by this. So. Uh, we talked to Jonathan about the necessary inference proposal and we said, and he agreed, you know, a lot of the other things that the invention committee did were great. Totally agree. And I know the invention committee did some of the things that we asked that we're asking for. The invention committee sent out a survey and reached out to the public. Um, I've reflected a lot on the necessary in inference debate and the necessary inference process, the way it was proposed and the way it was handled. And I think that I have a lot of really, really good things to say about how a lot of the other motions were handled. I think the way that the proposal of a necessary inference rule was handled was a pretty significant error on AMTA's part because 
it came out of nowhere for that for the vast majority of people myself included and i think i'm reasonably plugged in and i was blindsided by a necessary inference proposal there was a public conversation which is good right and now it's kind of gone back behind closed doors and and nobody really knows and and jonathan didn't even really get into details on what's going to happen next there and so i think for me I'm not suggesting that every conversation needs to be out there in the open and that every person needs to immediately come on the podcast when we ask. But I think that it would benefit the community if there was a way to say, you know, for AMTA to communicate, okay, the committee is working on this now. Uh, we'll have an update for you in the next couple months on whether or not they're going to propose something at the mid-year or whether or not they're going to propose something at next year's board meeting. Here's what they're considering. It could just be a post on impeachments. It could just be a website that AMTA keeps um not to say please reveal all your internal emails your internal phone calls but just kind of keep us posted on what you're thinking so that we can provide insight uh along the way the very last thing that i'll mention there is i was very encouraged to see that amsa is establishing a coaches and alumni advisory council i think that's a great idea to go along with the student advisory board the more insight that the board can get the better. And if the larger board structure isn't going to change, which I think it should, but that's a much longer conversation. Um, if it's not going to change, then in the meantime, having some increased transparency efforts and getting more insight from the broader community will help with a lot of the things we're talking about. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that that's spot on. And I, I am really looking forward to that committee being formed. Um, to me, as just like you said, Ben, I think more, more opinions can't hurt. And I, I'm very optimistic that, as you said a, a little while ago, AMTA is moving in the right direction on this. Um, I think that you're right that it's just kind of been the way that things are for a little while. And I look forward to them continuing to move further and further in this direction in the future. Um, but I, I, I don't want to belabor this too long. You know, we talk about transparency all the time. I do think that there is a lot to really look forward to. Um, on the purely mock trial competition side, it is, uh, as this is being released, it's, you know, I think, probably October now, um, or about to be, and um, we have some invites coming up, and I, I'm yeah. really, really excited to start getting some results in. Like I said uh, before, you know, we're going to have a lot more action on the Discord talking about those results, but, uh, you know, it's always fun when you start first getting in who's doing well, who's winning awards, uh, what, what, you know, even just if you're competing there, what theories are, are working, what's not, what calls are, are common. Um, it's just there becomes so much more to talk about and it becomes so exciting. So I can't wait. I'm really excited to see how this case runs. And, uh, and Ben, I know you've got Charm City coming up soon. Um, you excited about it? Oh, given that it's been 36 <laughs> hours since I finished with Empire, it's That's hard to get sigh. too excited about throwing another <laughs> tournament. But I am, I mean, look, I love hosting Charm City. I think we throw a good tournament. It's been two years. The last two years, Charm City has been virtual. And so this will be the first one in several years that we're doing here at the law school. Um, I'm super excited just selfishly to get all of the teams, especially a lot of the local teams that I know and like in the building here at Maryland where I now work, um, which obviously it's an opportunity for me to say, hey, you know, I hope you enjoy yourself and think about spending three years here when you're done. Uh, but no, I, I am so excited for invites this year. I am fascinated to see how this case plays out. Uh, you know, we just got case changes not too long ago. There wasn't a ton in terms of case changes. 
but I'm super interested to just see the mechanisms of this case. I, I thought that when we talked to Anna, she made some really good points about things she's watching for with this case uh, and just what teams are trying to focus on and emphasize. I'm looking forward to seeing just how utterly wrong mock analysis is my drug got everything. Um, just because nobody, not because of them, but just because nobody can seem to predict anything because every year is is wildly unpredictable. And that's why we don't predict things because if we did, it would probably be wrong. Um, I just think that that this is a really exciting time of year. And while we all still have to be very conscious that the pandemic is still ongoing and COVID is still a real thing and we can't just pretend that it's not there, all signs point to the ability to hopefully have a relatively normal season. I've not heard of any invitationals that we're attending requiring masks this year. And there's a lot, I have a lot of complicated thoughts and emotions on that. But isolating just that point, I'm excited to do mock trial and, and what I sort of call its standard form, right? Doing it without masks, in person, the way that we know that we did it for many, many years, um, and just kind of getting back to a season that's like that. So lots to look forward to. I know the first full weekend in October, or I think it's the second full weekend, October 8th and 9th, we've got a few smaller invites mm -hmm. and then some of the some of the more well-known ones the week after that. And then the week of Charm City, we've got a lot of of the major invites in the, in the fall season happening. So we will have a ton to talk about in our Discord, a ton to break down, you know, here on the show. And yeah, it's just it's just a great time of year. Everybody's undefeated. Uh, you know, <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen. I think it's gonna be really cool. I love that. Great sentiment to end on. Yep, I totally agree. Obviously, this was a little bit of a shorter episode, uh, just because we're in a little bit of a holding pattern. We're waiting for whatever the next thing is is gonna happen. Uh, and, and I think there's gonna be a lot of cool things. So we really appreciate everyone listening. Uh, we're really looking forward to having a chat with Sam and Elise and just getting to dig into their process for talking about the case. So look for that episode next week. Uh, in the meantime, thanks everyone for being here. We're super grateful to each one of you for being a part of the Mock Review community. Until we talk to you again, this has been the Mock Review with Ben and Drew.